Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The Black and Blue Soccer Podcast is sponsored by Evangelista Sports. Visit them at evangelistasports.com. It's time! Introducing your host, podcasting out of the Black and Blue Corner from Montreal, Quebec, Canada, the reigning Ending undisputed soccer podcast champion of the world, Giovanni the Hulk Sardo. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, lovers, and yes, even the haters, welcome to the Black and Blue Soccer Podcast. I am your host, as always, Giovanni Sardo. You can follow me on Twitter, at MTL. Let's not forget my wonderful sponsors. You've got Evangelista Sports, at Evangelista Sports, as well as the Can Football Club, at Can Foot Club. Ladies and gentlemen, Saturday night, 8 p.m., Stad Saputo, the Montreal Impact, welcome what, let's call a spade a spade, the evil empire of the MLS, the New York Yankees of the MLS, the Los Angeles Galaxy. This is going to be an incredible game. There's a lot at stake. You know, there's going to be a lot of great players coming in. Uh, You know, Montreal Impact banged up. Uh, very interesting matchup. I'm very curious to see. I kind of want to have, you know, my eye, my hands over my eyes to, you know, not look because of the amount of injuries that the Impact have and the amount of it missing players that the Impact have. But then again, you can't look away. Let's get right into it with the tail of the tape. So you have the visiting team, the LA Galaxy, in the Western Conference, currently sitting in fifth place. They've played 11 games with 5 wins, 1 loss, and 5 draws. Now, what the hell is a team with only 1 loss doing in 5th place? It's easy. They've played 2 less games than the 1st place Colorado Rapids, and they've played 3 less games than the 2nd place FC Dallas. If the LA Galaxy reel off a couple of wins, they're right up at the top. And you know what? When you look at their record, one loss. They've got a plus 12 goal differential. These guys come to play. Take a look at the some of the players on this team. And we're not even talking about the players that have left for international duty. But, you know, you've got the likes of Ashley Cole, Nigel DeYoung. 
you've got De La Garza, you've got De Santos, you've got Gerard. It's just on and on and on. You know, you've got Robbie Keane that's gone, but you've got a guy like Mike McGee who can step in and score goals. When we take a look at this team coming in to play the Montreal Impact in the situation that they are currently in, if there is ever a time for the players of our Impact to step up and really prove their worth and shock the MLS world, this is the game to do it. Looking at our home team, oh boy are we hurting. Ladies and gentlemen, the Montreal Impact, it's no secret. The last six games, a goose egg in the wins. Zero, net, nada, absolutely nothing. Four draws and two losses. You know, it was only a couple of weeks ago where, oh, well, it's okay if we just picked up a point. We're still in first place. It's okay if we drop two points. We're still in first place. Folks, that is over. We are now sitting in fifth place after 12 games, four wins, four draws, four losses. You've got a plus one goal differential. And we're not in the same situation as the LA Galaxy are in. Because if you take a look, the Montreal Impact have played 12 games. The Philadelphia Union, granted, only have three points more, but they've played the same amount of games. So the Montreal Impact are now in a position to play catch-up. What's going to happen in this game? What are we going to see from the LA Galaxy? Well, I'll be joined shortly by Josh Gessman of the Corner of the Galaxy podcast. It's a fantastic, fantastic MLS LA Galaxy podcast. Uh, if you ever get a chance to listen to it, do it. A lot of great stuff. Yes, they are the evil empire of the MLS. But you know what? Josh is one of the pioneers of the MLS podcasting game. He does a fantastic job. Definitely worth a listen. Now, coming back to our team. Who the hell is going to start for us this week? You know, take a look at, you know, Montreal's missing men. We've got three of them gone on international duty. You've got the general, Laurent Simon. You've got Oyongo and Venegas that are gone. Injuries. I miss you, Donny Toya. Please come back. I'm praying every day. I'm lighting candles. I'm pray like a little bit more. I'm gonna go to the Saint Joseph Oratorium and go up the steps on my knees to pray for this guy to get healthy. That's how much I think the Montreal Impact missed this guy on defense. You know, we've already spoken about Siban, who's gone. You know, now you've got Cabrera, another guy on the defensive line who's hurt, and you still got obviously the often injured. Uh, Cameron Porter, uh, who has started practicing this week. He's rejoined the team, but if you listen to the impact this week with Joey Alfieri and Grant Needham on TSN 690, he's saying that he's about two weeks of practice away from getting game time. Will he maybe get a few minutes, you know, here and there? Very possible, but don't expect him to have an impact yet. And of course, there's always Anthony Jackson ML, who is still currently out with an injury. Starting 11, there's a lot of different things going on. There's a lot of different, you know, combinations that have been used uh, by Coach Mauro Biello this week. The defensive line kind of seems to be set. You should be having uh, Tiso starting on the left, left five in the middle, and then you're going to have a combination of Kyle Fisher and Hasun Kamara, 
Which one will start in the middle? Which one will start on the right-hand side? Remains to be seen. Biello has been shaking things up in practice, you know, trying out the guys at either position. Personally, I would like to see Kamara start in the middle. You know, he would offer more of that veteran presence, that physical presence uh, in the middle, removing some of the pressure from Kyle Fisher, who, you know, it would be his very first start in the MLS, his first MLS minutes. He's being thrown into the fire. You know, we spoke about, you know, in, in past weeks, Michael Salazar, you know, getting ready, getting his chance. Uh, you know, is he ready? Has he earned it? You know, when you still have guys who can play at that position, you can still have that debate. The Montreal Impact have nobody left on defense. There's no other choice but to give this kid a shot. You know, when you take a look at Twitter over recent weeks, uh, I've twist, I've tweeted with uh, Tristan Damour, uh, who follows FC Montreal, you know, as well as Sofian Benzeza, and as well as Joey Alfieri. And the kind of common feeling is he's not quite ready for MLS minutes. You know what? No choice, kid. You're going to come up to bat, and you're going to slip right into the starting lineup. Right away, I think you're going to have... Two central defensive midfielders, as usual, to come and insulate that back four. I think you're going to have a Bernier and a Donadel in front. And then things start to get, you know, a little bit different up uh, in the forward. You're obviously going to have Piatti on the left-hand side. Drogba seems to be clear and ready to go, so he'll be your point man up top. But then you got to take a look at your other options. Do you put Harry Ship? you know, do you revive him back into the starting 11 I say no I would like to see Ontivero start in the middle behind the forward uh, you know and see what he can bring I liked what he was able to do in that last game whether he was on the right hand side or when he used to slide into the middle he showed a lot of positives I would keep Harry Ship on the bench for at least another game and see what he can bring there we had Vanegas start there last game. Now, obviously, he's away. So I think it's very good for Antevero to slip in there and to have Oduro reclaim his spot on the right-hand side. A lot of different combinations. The thing is, is what kind of game plan is Biello going to have? You know, the amount of firepower that the LA Galaxy have, I don't think you can screw around. I think you got to, you know, from the opening kickoff, pedal to the metal, try to, you know, it's... You, you can't try, to, I don't think that, you know, trying to play defensive is going to be the way to go in this game. I think you're going to have to be offensive and try to outscore them as much as possible. You know, with a leaky back line, the LA Galaxy have scored 25 goals. They must be looking at everything that's going on with our defense and absolutely licking their chops at a chance to get at the Montreal Impact. So that's why you got to make sure that your defenseman touched the ball the least amount possible. You know what? You have to really predicate a short pass, quick ball movement, you know, ball control, and take shots from everywhere. You got to absolutely stone that LA Galaxy defense and their keeper because the more chances on net that you're going to get, the less chances that you'll give up on the other end. You know what? The back four for the impact, I wouldn't even have them moving forward. I would just have them play really deep, sit back, and get ready to always, always, always manage the LA Galaxy counterattack. What's going to happen? I don't know. Personally, 
I'm excited and I'm petrified. It kind of changes every two seconds. Kind of like the weather lately. I don't know what to expect in this game. All I know is I'm, you know, I don't expect it to be a 7 nothing game for the LA Galaxy like New York, you know, pumped uh, the other New York team last weekend. You know, I expect it to be closer than that. Am I expecting a win? Look, I'm looking at this game the same way I'm looking at Italy in the Euros. I'm going into this game with zero expectations. When you're missing this many key players, this is not a game that I'm going to judge the Montreal impact on. Because if we're going to go in with expectations with the amount of injuries that there is, it's just, it's, it's asinine. You can't do it. So let's take a look and see what happens you know, you know what my starting 11 would look like. Please feel free to hit me up on Twitter and let me know what your thoughts are. And, you know, we're just going to take a break in a couple of seconds. We'll come back with, as I stated earlier, Josh Gassman of the Corner of the Galaxy podcast. Just before we go to break, I must say the biggest heartfelt thank you to all of my followers, all of my, you know, my Twitter family, the Impact family, who came together and helped me raise $960 through the GoFundMe program so that we could invite 30 kids to the June 25th game against SKC. I had already donated two other tickets. I know that Lizzie uh, from uh, Girls Love IMFC donated four sats. 36 kids that will be invited to this game you know, and these are underprivileged kids. That is massive. We're coming together as an impact family to change the lives and impact the lives of children. That is the most beautiful thing ever. I love each and every one of you. Thank you. But we're not done yet. For you know, you guys have donated. Fantastic. Now it's time to buy tickets for that game. If you don't have tickets, Instead of paying $39 per ticket, taxes and fees included, you can get your tickets for only $30. So you're saving 9 bucks a ticket, and out of that $30, $7 is going to go straight to the Montreal Impact Foundation. So let's get together, buy tickets, let's have some fun at that game, all while helping out a fantastic foundation, make it an overall perfect evening, and you know what? The only thing that will make it absolutely perfect will be our team, the Montreal Impact, beating SKC. On that note, once again, thank you. Give me a few quick seconds, and I'll be right back with Josh Gessman of the Corner of the Galaxy podcast. Welcome back to the Black and Blue Soccer podcast. As always, I am your host, Giovanni Sardo. Follow me on Twitter at Geosardo MTL to help me break down and understand the LA Galaxy and what they're bringing to Montreal. I have a very special guest with us, Mr. Josh Gessman of the Corner of the Galaxy podcast. Josh, how are you doing this evening? I'm doing excellent, Giovanni. How are you doing? I'm doing great, and I'm scared, and I'm excited. Uh, you know, the LA Galaxy, for you guys, it's the best time of the season for you guys to come into town. For us, with the amount of players we're missing, uh, I'm not really sure how to feel. 
<laughs> it's funny you said that because I was thinking for the LA Galaxy missing uh, two very significant starters in uh, Robbie Keane and Giassi's artist both up with national teams. I would think that you guys would be we chomping at the bit to get at the LA Galaxy right now. So it's it's kind of funny that I think we both have the same view of the opposite team. But uh, clearly, you guys missing a lot of players. Uh, the Galaxy missing some key players. I guess it's going to be played on the field, and and the remaining players will have to sort it out. But it'll be interesting to see uh, how this one all plays out. But hold on a second, you guys are a, here's what I don't understand. You guys are full of superstars. Even if you're missing two guys, how can you guys be afraid of coming into Montreal? This is something that, I don't know, maybe it's a Montreal thing, but uh, yes, you guys are missing two key players, but you guys are loaded. Yeah, I mean, you know, the the, the star names are certainly there, and, and I will say that even without Robbie Keane and Giassi Zardes, you're still going to have to deal with uh, Steven Gerrard, Giovanni Dos Santos, Nigel DeYoung, Yellow Van Dam, Ashley Cole, um, you know, to, to name off some of the, some of the big names there. So I get it. Um, but having seen some of those guys play and having seen those guys not play with the two guys who are missing with Giassi's artists, with Robbie Keane, um, it's really going to change the dynamic of how this Galaxy team has had success in, in the recent games, maybe not so much the last game, but in recent games, and, and really what kind of formation and lineup is going to be put out is, is kind of a question mark to a lot of Galaxy fans. And plus, you add in the uh, you know the five and a half hour trip up to Montreal for the LA Galaxy. It's a long way to travel for them. Um, they don't necessarily play that well on the road. Although this year maybe it's a little bit different. Uh, so you add all those things: missing Keen, missing Zardes. Uh, you know, traveling on the road always difficult. A long road trip, something they left early for to prepare for. All those things, I think, it would it, it's one of those things. If you offered LA Galaxy fans a, a draw right now, how many would take it? I think I think there would be a lot of people who would take the draw. To be honest with you. There's a lot of overly modest people in Los Angeles, folks, because here's the thing. In the first half of the show, uh, you know, I go, I go through, you know, who's injured and who's missing. So just, you know, on the defensive line, you have our general, Larasima, who's gone for the Euros. You have Oyongo, who was called up uh, by uh, Cameroon for his national team. We have our starting left guy, who's been injured for quite some time now, in Donny Toya. You have the other starting center back uh, in Victor Cabrera, who's hurt. So right now you're looking at Maxim Tissot, who has had you know some starts and played well on the left hand mm-hmm. side. You have Wandre Lafayette, who has stepped up very well as a center back uh, and has played some solid minutes. And then uh, you know the other center back is probably going to be Kyle Fisher. You've never heard of him because he's a rookie. <laughs> who hasn't played any MLS minutes. And then you have Hassoun Kamara, who's, you know, our veteran player, but he's often injured. Uh, he's still coming back from injury. So when, when you look at our defensive line with the firepower that you guys have, we're not saying that we're afraid we're going to lose 7 nothing like New York did last weekend. But, you know, th- th- there's a big fear for us. Yeah, I mean, and I certainly understand that. I'll say that usually the uh, the way that the Galaxy play and the, and the way that they're able to sort of uh, exploit some of the weaknesses in other teams is by using some of those superstars. And I certainly think that uh, Nigel De Jong will be one of the best players on the field on the night. 
Um, he has been one of the best players for the LA Galaxy since the start of the season, so I can see him, uh, you know, doing a lot in midfield and playing that defensive midfield role, uh, really, and, and trying to sort of put his stamp on the game. So I can see that. Um, Steven Gerrard has been hit and miss since he joined the LA Galaxy. Um, I don't know that you have to necessarily concern yourself with him, but on some, on some occasions, he does actually find some form, uh, with the LA Galaxy and a lot so this year, uh, and he has been dangerous, so I can see that being an issue, an, an, an issue for you guys. I think Giovanni Del Santos, has also been in form as of as of late, but he's not playing with Robbie Keane, and he's sort of like not playing in maybe in the position that he's normally playing, and we don't really know who his pairing partner could be because Robbie Keane's not there, Jossie Zardi's not there, so the four three three sort of out for the LA Galaxy right now. So it's going to shift to a four four two, which is Bruce Arena's comfort zone, so shouldn't be an issue. But it might be Mike McGee starting up top. So are you that worried about Mike McGee with a back shift line? You probably shouldn't be, but the problem is Giovanni Dos Santos is going to be there for you. So I can see that being an issue there. The LA Galaxy defense, although I thought they were going to be so solid this year, has been the one hiccup, and there's no changes back there. I don't think you're going to see anything. I think you're going to see Yellow Van Dam in the middle with Daniel Steris, the rookie, uh, came up from LA Galaxy to the USL affiliate uh, last year, and so now he's up with the senior team this year. He's been playing well, uh, has had a couple mistakes, and still, if you're going to attack one, you go after him instead of uh, Yellow Van Dam. And then on the right side, you're going to get Robbie Rogers, who had an excellent game last game against San Jose, but can be suspect on defense. And, and it's been one of my criticisms of him. And then you'll have Ashley Cole, who is, I think, the best left back in Major League Soccer. Um, so, you know, there's, there's, there's spots there. I'm not telling you there's no, no place to go. All right, but I'm saying that uh, that the LA Galaxy probably won't feel as comfortable as you think they will just because they're traveling on the road and formation is switching and some of the personnel is changing again. Okay, and, and when I'm taking a look at the roster overall, you haven't mentioned De La Garza on the back line. Now, you know, for, for us in Montreal who, you know, don't get to see as much of the West, wasn't he, like, a key defender for you guys and now not even in the starting 11 discussion? You, you, you've got me, see, you've got me on here who absolutely believes that uh, A.J. De La Garza should start every game because he is the, I used to say he was the best defender on the L.A. Galaxy and now he's the second best next to Ashley Cole. Um, his, his anticipation is just outstanding. His defense is better than Robbie Rogers' defense. That's, that's for sure. I think that AJ gives you something fairly comparable going forward. I don't think Bruce Arena agrees with me. And so Robbie Rogers gets the start on the outside. It's one of those things is where do you put AJ? And, you know, I would like to put him back in the center, uh, with next to, uh, Yellow Van Dam. But Daniel Steris really has done nothing to lose that job. You're talking about a kid who got a chance because of an injury early in the season, took that chance and has given Bruce Arena absolutely zero reasons to remove him. So right now, strange as it may seem, AJ De La Garza is on the bench right now, and uh, and that's sort of the way it is. I don't agree with it, but uh, that's the way it's going to start. I almost guarantee it. Okay, and looking at your goalkeeping situation, I know Dan Kennedy started the season um, as your number one. If I'm not mistaken, he got injured really quickly, and then you've yes. had Rowe step in. Uh, mm-hmm. Kennedy started a game recently, but I think he played badly. Is the job Rose to keep? Yeah, it's Rose right now. Um, I don't see any reason. He'd have to play himself out of that role. Uh, he is, right at, for all intents and pur- purposes right now, the LA Galaxy's number one keeper. Uh, I think he has the third best goals against average, and he is number one in save percentage in Major League Soccer. I think the defense has a little bit to do with that. The LA Galaxy defense does a pretty good job of limiting saves, but whenever you see that his save percentage is, I think, upwards of around 78-something percent, I'd have to look at it again. But, um, you know, he's been really solid 
really key. He probably should have been the guy last year instead of Donovan Ricketts. He is definitely the guy this year. And unfortunately for Dan Kennedy, looks like two years in a row where he's going to get replaced by a younger keeper. And, you know, it's just the way the, uh, the ball bounces sometimes. But uh, Dan didn't have a good outing last time. Uh, Brian Rowe played very well against San Jose. I-, I see no reason why Brian Rowe isn't the starting keeper from here on out. Okay. Now, with a team loaded with talent, is there somebody who we could consider – you know, that underrated player to look for on the field on Saturday night. Yeah, I think that a lot of people would point to Sebastian Legette, and I'm sure you say he's underrated. I, I still think he's underrated for what he's able to do. Uh, he did not get the start in the last game against San Jose. Mike McGee started in his place in that 4-3-3 uh, lineup, which saw, you know, basically putting everybody on the field that they possibly could. It, Legette and A.J. De La Garza were sort of the odd men out in that particular case. So uh, I think if they go back to the 4-4-2, you're going to see Sebastian Legette start on the right-hand side, and he has been dynamic. And if he can continue to do that, he puts in great service. Uh, he has some good technical skill. He's able to cut inside. He's able to play to the outside as well. A little bit of speed for him. So he's able to create a lot of stuff. And whenever he starts creating things, then stuff starts to open up for Giovanni Dos Santos as well. Uh, Steven Gerrard gets in on the game as well. So you can start putting those guys together. And, uh, you know, sort of an outside chance that a young player like uh, Ima Boateng, Emmanuel Boateng, on the left-hand side, you're talking about a pure speed uh, you know, winger out on the left midfield, and he can just torch people. If he uses that speed to his advantage, as we saw him do um, a couple games back, he can be absolutely impossible to stop, but he's young and inconsistent, so so far we haven't seen that, that sort of game-by-game uh, game improvement from him. Well, when you take a look at the defensive line that the Montreal Impact is going to troll out on Saturday night, it might be a perfect game for a guy like Boateng to come in and, you know, potentially try and dominate. Because when you got a guy like Fisher, like I was saying, that hasn't played any MLS minutes, I think that if you're Bruce Arena, the obvious game plan is you see that kid, you attack him all night long. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think that's outside the realm of possibility at all, and I think you're going to find Giovanni Dos Santos will sort of play uh, in the in the role that Keane has abandoned there as he's gone off to Ireland. Um Gio will start to sort of play underneath that that back line, so he's going to look to hold back, withdraw a little bit, maybe with a withdrawn nine, um, maybe play a little bit more of the ten coming back to midfield to pick up the ball, and then he's going to distribute from there, and as soon as you take your eyes off of him, the ball will be back to him, and, and so that's sort of the idea of how the Galaxy should play in that 4-4-2. They're going to really utilize the outside wings. Um, they like the overlap with Ashley Cole on the left-hand side and Robbie Rogers on the right-hand side coming from fullback, so that's sort of the way the Galaxy play in that 4-4-2. Lots of overlaps, lots of wings. Wings like to cut in and, uh, you know, hopefully open up some space for those forwards. Okay. And when we're taking a look at the standings, you know, in the West, the Galaxy are in fifth, granted, but they've played two less games than the first place Rapids, three less games than second place Dallas. You guys only have one loss on the entire year. You guys are a plus 12 in differential. Now, I get you guys are missing two key players, uh, but, you know, from the outside looking in, I would have to say that the Galaxy are once again, you know, a favorite for the title. Is is that the feeling out there? I don't think so yet. I think we're still learning about this team. The Bruce Arena has not put a consistent lineup or a back-to-back lineup on the field yet, so basically there's been changes every single game for every game the Galaxy have played. Um, there's some inconsistency on defense. Like I said, the Galaxy were are basically uh, less than a minute away from being undefeated this year. Uh, Colorado scored in the like 95th minute of five minutes of stoppage time in order to uh, win that game in Colorado, and quite honestly, the Galaxy didn't play bad enough to lose that game. 
Um, so yeah, they're they're real close. So there's some there's some positives there, and obviously the goal differential at plus twelve is huge. The Galaxy have been scoring goals, and they've been rather stingy even on the road, only allowing about one goal per game on the road. Um, but it's been the last the the late game heroics from other teams that have sort of seen the Galaxy fall. So I, I think until they fix that, the people in LA, myself included, are going to hold them from being you know something really really good so far i mean they're, they're borderline right now if they don't lose that game in colorado if they don't give up a late goal to san jose in this game previously because san jose scored with about four minutes left in the game um if they do some of these things you look at the games they've given away late uh the la galaxy are clearly at the top of the table right now and running away with it um but that isn't the case and they have had a lot of late draws and that's been a concern for the la galaxy and i think if you're bruce arena or anybody else you're not going to say you're a title contender until you can start cleaning that stuff up you know what? I love what you're talking about because, you see, recently when Montreal went on its streak of draws, the, the overall attitude in Montreal was, you know, well, at least we got a point. Yeah, we gave up two, but at least we got a point. At least we were in first place. And it was kind of like we were, you know, a lot of fans were under this illusion that as long as the team was in first place, that, you know, things were still good. And for, for myself personally, I've been a big critic of the team saying, you know what, it doesn't matter that you're in first. The way you're playing, you're not able to provide a consistent 90 minutes. So, you know, you can't call yourself a contender. And now a few weeks down the road, we're sitting in fifth place with 16 points. If we were in the West, we'd be sitting in eighth place. So for myself personally, to hear somebody from a team that only has one loss, an impact fans, I want you guys to focus on this. The LA Galaxy have one loss, and Josh's, who represents very well the Galaxy fan base, is saying that the team, they still have not seen the real LA Galaxy. So when you take a look at the mentality of a championship team, of a team that absolutely wants to win everything, no matter how many wins you have, no matter where you are, it's always a matter of continuing to improve and what can you provide more consistently in the next game and you know this is an absolutely perfect example and i really hope that the montreal impact fans learn from this well you know it, it, it's one of those things and i'll be quick uh you know it's one of those things that if you're a galaxy fan you've seen them win championships and and we've been down that road and so you you sort of know how things progress a, a team that's good in may doesn't mean you're going to have a team that's good in october and so it's about constantly trying to get better and if you can survive the rough patches right now i think the la galaxy are going to go through a rough patch because they have guys going off for international duty you're going to have copa america that's going to keep you know jossie sardis away you're going to have the euros that's going to keep robbie Keane away um baggio Hosidic is away with uh, with the Bosnian national team as well, so you're, you're starting to miss some players, and so now it's going to be time to figure out how to play without those guys for a month. And so if you can make it through the bad times, if you can make it through the rough times, and you can do it without losing, then you're okay. That's that's not horrible. If when you play bad, if you can get a point out of a, out of a game, that's probably okay. You have to look at that as being a positive, even though you can see where the team is on sort of the, you know, the negative spectrum. Maybe they took a step backwards in terms of how they were progressing. But, uh, you know, bottom line is that a lot of this doesn't matter right now. It's about trying to get better every single game. And as you get closer to those playoffs, that's when, uh, really it starts to matter about how your team is playing and whether it fits the eye test. You know, if you can look at your team and say, yes, I like watching this team. They play well. They play positively. They're in control late in games. 
that's when you know you have a good team. And I don't think the LA Galaxy are there right now. 11 games, one loss, and they're not there yet. I'm, you've got me speechless. Absolutely. <laughs> no, it, it's, it's great to see because, you know, in, in Montreal, we're, we're starving for a championship team. You know, the Canadians won, uh, you know, in hockey, I don't even remember how many years ago. So, you know, I think we've, we've lost touch with what it takes to be a championship team. And I think that the LA Galaxy are a great example. And, you know, the explanation that we're getting from you is a great model for the fans to follow. So hopefully, you know, this is not just a game preview, but it's an educational podcast for our fans. Well, I, I hope that works. I hope, I hope they don't hate me because I say it, I say it as well. So. <laughs> no, I don't think they'll hate you. Mind you, with the questions coming up, you might feel a little bit of frustration with the Galaxy. But right before we get into that, Knowing, you know, our issues on the defense, are you still sticking with a draw as a prediction for the weekend? Yeah, I mean, I think that that's a, a good good case scenario. I'm not going to say it's best case scenario. Lots of things can happen. If the Galaxy Galaxy can score early, they could they could get some momentum. I've seen them do it on the road. They did it against Houston, score early, and then just uh, come back. By the way, it would probably be bad luck if Montreal scores first. Um, the LA Galaxy are the only team in Major League Soccer who has a winning record after giving up the first goal, so try not to score first. I think that might be a bad thing for you guys. Um, but nonetheless, uh, yeah, I think a draw would still be good for the LA Galaxy as they sort of learn how to play without some of these players. I'm not going to say they can't win, but a draw would still be okay. Yeah, well, you know, for us, I, I would love it for the Montreal Impact to score first, just not in the first 10 minutes, because we've done that a few times this year, and we yes. still end up dropping points. So we'll yes. see what happens. Uh, but before I let you go, uh, you have some time for a few questions? Absolutely. Fire away. All right. All right. So, Ronaldo Scopoletti at Renscope27 on Twitter uh, wants to know, why does it seem like all the MLS rules favor or are changed to be put in favor of the Galaxy, whether it's DPs, targeted allocation, money allocation? You know, it's really coming to seem like the Los Angeles Galaxy are becoming the evil empire, the Yankees of the MLS. Yeah, you know, that's something I hear a lot. Um, it's a question I'm used to, so certainly not, it's not going to throw me off here. Um, listen, yeah, I mean, I think there's definitely some truth to it. I'm not going to lie and say that there's not. Uh, if you go back to uh, David Beckham joining the LA Galaxy, the designated player rule was put in place to give David Beckham a place and be able to play in Los Angeles. So uh, the, precedent, the precedent starts there. If you want to talk about targeted allocation money, uh, you can because, quite honestly, the Galaxy really wanted to use it. Granted, everybody can use all of these rules, uh, but it seems like the Galaxy are the ones always pushing forward, always trying to uh, drag the league forward. Even with the signings of Nigel DeYoung and Ashley Cole and Yellow Van Dam in the offseason, I heard how you know all these rules were broken for the LA Galaxy in order to sign them. And it's really the Galaxy, one, having the, the vision to be able to put this stuff in front of ownership and show the ownership why this is such a good idea. Because... You have to remember that when the rules are being changed, they're being changed by your owner, everybody's owners. Uh, this isn't something that the league comes up with. Don Garber isn't going to change a rule without the owners going ahead and approving this stuff. So, um, you know, it's the way that the Galaxy are able to pitch some of this stuff as being good for the league. And I think that the Galaxy also are very good at exploiting loopholes. Um, you look at this offseason as the case. Uh, Nigel DeYoung is probably one of the cheapest, uh, uh, you know, uh, cheap, cheapest 
soon-to-be designated players ever put in. He's he's on a non-designated player contract this year. Targeted allocation money is being used to pay him down, and he'll probably be a designated player next year. Nobody had had really done that particular deal yet, but I guarantee now that the Galaxy have done it, that other people will do it. So I don't think it's unfair criticism. I will say that everything that's done, any other team can do after the LA Galaxy do it. And quite honestly, if another team can figure out a way to get the owners to also agree with that stuff, they can have the stuff as well. So, you know, I understand the uh, maybe a little bit of jealousy, and I certainly uh, am not going to apologize for the LA Galaxy and what they've been able to do. Um, but you know, quite honestly, you should be you should be hoping your team comes up with these uh, these ideas and these rules and being able to push them through. The message has been sent to our owner Joey Saputo. We can have the same things that the Galaxy have. It's time to call up the commissioner and start getting on the same page. There you go. Sticking a little bit more into the Galaxy and, you know, the, the teacher's pet of the MLS, mm-hmm. Ask wants to know, he says, maybe I'm crazy, and that kind of scares me when a question starts that way. <laughs> maybe I'm crazy, but I feel as if the impact are on a referee blacklist. Will the referees probably favor L.A. this weekend? Oh, I can tell you, being an L.A. Galaxy fan or or anybody here in L.A., and clearly I even get to watch the games from the press box, and I've been doing this now for, for a while. We started the podcast in 2009. I can tell you that I don't feel like the referees ever favor the L.A. Galaxy. I feel like every fan base feels like the uh, their team gets uh, impacted by the way the uh, the officials call the game. I will say that there probably isn't a referee I actually like in Major League Soccer. Um, so I will say that uh, that in most cases, I, I completely disagree with that one. Even if you look at the, the Nigel de Jong tackle of Darlington Nagby, which people have termed a horror tackle, well, so far I've seen about three or four tackles that are way worse than that um, happen in Major League Soccer, and nobody else has gotten suspended for three games, and that was purely on reputation as far as I'm concerned. Still think it's deserved a red card, still think it deserved a suspension, but three games? Nobody else is getting that stuff. So, I mean, you could point to a lot of different examples of the L.A. Galaxy not getting the benefit of the doubt whenever it comes to the referee's call. So uh, I think that one is probably every fan thinks that way about their team. Are you trying to say that the L.A. Galaxy win despite bad refereeing? I, I am saying that that seems to happen most of the time. Most of the time. I, I don't think there's too many games I could don't complain about the officials. So I, I think that's probably the same for, for most people. Fans. Listen to this. The LA Galaxy, who almost never lose, win despite bad refereeing. Can we stop the constant arguing about how the refs are stealing points from us? Even They're not even favoring the guy. They just suck overall. So we got to start living with <laughs> yep. it and winning despite it. There you couple, go. couple more for you. Yeah. And this has been a hot topic in the MLS with the Euros coming up. Do you think that the fact that Giovinco was left off of Italy's squad has hurt the league's credibility? Uh, Yes and no. Um, I think that if it comes down, and uh, Giovinco, who I think is just an amazing player, I could watch him play. Although I'm, re- I'm really excited. I wish, uh, I wish Toronto was coming down to visit the LA Galaxy this year, but I think LA are traveling up there. Um, but I-, I would love to watch him play. But it... He is such a talent that if Italy thinks that they don't need him um, and then they go out and don't perform as well as people think they should in the Euros, then I think it's more of a, a, a black eye on, uh, on Conte. 
uh, the coach for Italy. And if, if that's the case, then I think that the reputation of MLS sort of, sort of survives. I also think that people should not be so worried about the reputation of Major League Soccer. Um, I think that we're a little insecure as a fan base that we think that everything being left off or every player not getting called up, like Giovanni Del Santos not getting called up to Mexico, some slight at Major League Soccer. I think that eventually it'll come a time when coaches are not allowed to ignore MLS anymore, and I think that that will be the case, you know, particularly with Giovinco, if he can, continues to play the way he is, um, that you're just not going to be able to not have him on, you know, Italy's team. And whenever that happens, then, you know, that's just, it, it, you're going to see the shift. But for, for some coaches still, I think there's a bias against it. And if that's the case, uh, then I think that hurts them more than it possibly could help them by, you know, downplaying Major League Soccer. Yeah, you see, and my personal opinion on that is that, you know, the MLS, still young, still getting better, not the best league, you know, in the world, but, you know, Jovinko's doing what he's doing now against, you know, relatively defenses that are still weaker compared to the rest of the world. So I think that's like the one knock on him because he's dominating here against maybe lesser defenses, but, right. you know, it's like anything else. The more that it grows, the more that it evolves, the more that the reputation is going to get there. And, you know, MLS won't be seen as a second tier. Because let's not, you know, let's not kid ourselves. Yes, we have a lot of great players. But the MLS is not at the level, you know, after 20, 22 years, whatever, that, you know, these leagues in Europe are that have been around for over 100 years. They're getting there. They're still at the toddler phase. So once yeah. it grows a little bit more, I think that's when, like you said, you can't ignore them anymore. Yeah, and I and I also just to add is that I think that uh, eventually you're going to see you know these these coaches are are passing up a chance to put an informed striker on their team, and one I I think you always err whenever you do that. You need to find some of those guys on your team where that the guys are just used to scoring goals, and right now Giovinco is used to scoring goals, and if you don't want that on your team, if you don't think you have a use for that, even a late-game sub to bring him in, and a guy who just has confidence through the roof because he's scoring goals, then I think you're underestimating what that means to have that confidence and do that. So, you know, a, a little short-sighted maybe. Um, I don't think it's going to kill Italy, and I don't think it's going to kill MLS. Okay, and the final question, a second one from at Maximus. Once the Klinsman experiment finally comes to an end, do you see Bruce Arena stepping in and taking over? That's such a great question. Um, I think that Bruce would be open to it. I don't know that he would do it, but I think he'd be open to it. I think his time with the LA Galaxy is coming to a close. I don't know that he will be the coach in the foreseeable future. That doesn't mean he won't be a general manager still involved with the club, but if the opportunity came up and they asked him to coach the U.S. men's national team, I think he would seriously take a look at that. He might also blow it off and say, I've been there and done that. But uh, with Bruce, you never really know how he's feeling. Uh, if you ever ask him about the U.S. men's national team, he'll, he'll say, don't they already have a coach? Um, so, you know, it's, it's one of those things. I think that he w it would be intriguing for him, to say the very least. I don't know that he would do it, but it's not a complete no. Fair enough. I do see him in that position eventually. Like you said, you know, there's a coach right now, and I don't think he's one to speculate, but you know, with everything that he's done with the Galaxy and just in his reputation as a whole, I see him as, you know, an eventual perfect fit. Yeah, it would be interesting. If we start rehashing old national team coaches, then, you know, I think Bob Bradley's name should also be thrown right back in there because I think uh, his stock has certainly risen since he was dismissed from the U.S. men's national team as well. Perfect. So, Josh, thank you very much for coming on board. You know, for, for myself, it's, you know, 
fantastic. Look, you're one of the pioneers of the MLS podcast game. Uh, I have to say that your pie is probably one of the, if not the, but one of the top three most respected podcasts in the league. Uh, definitely great commentary. I got to say, I'm shocked that you're calling it a draw for this weekend, but I, you know what? For myself, if it's a draw, I'll be perfectly happy. <laughs> that makes sense. I, I wish you guys all the best luck. I hope you lose, but I wish you luck. <laughs> Sounds good. Thanks a lot. So once again, folks, that was Josh Gessman from the Corner of the Galaxy podcast. You could follow him on Twitter, at Jay Gessman. You could follow the podcast, at Galaxy Podcast. Give him a follow. Give the podcast a follow. A lot of great stuff. And you know what? For the Montreal Impact, who's trying to become that championship dynasty team, the LA Galaxy, even if many of us consider them to be, you know, the the evil empire, the Yankees of the MLS, at the end of the day, they're still winning championships. And if we were winning the way they were, we wouldn't care to be called the Yankees of the MLS. So I'll get back to you this weekend after the game. Hopefully it'll be a positive podcast with a great game by the Impact. Remains to be seen. But until then, have a great morning, afternoon, evening, depending on when you listen to this. Stay awesome. Talk to you soon. Ciao. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.